everybody, Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, who are handing out $1 million in giveaways on Super Bowl Sunday. All you need is a verified Underdog account to be eligible. So sign up for Underdog Fantasy and see if you win this Sunday. Underdog Fantasy, don't forget to use promo code 1010XL. Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome and glad you're along for the ride with Hayes Carly and Lauren Brooks and RJ Saunders. I'm Frank Frangie. We embark on a Wednesday installment of the program. Much to do on a – guys, it was cold today. Were you out today? I was, yes. Cold it, today. Very windy. Cold that, today, that's Carly. the thing. The breeze does not let yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. It had a little bite a little bite to it today, I thought, cold did. So when were you out? Uh, from about eight forty till about an hour ago. Oh, okay. Outside, I didn't think it was time. like super cold. It was just the, but it was windy, a little which was. Today. Were you outside much? Uh, a little, yeah. Walked it off. I was out. Uh, I was out a lot. So, so yeah. I nice. hope you were bundled up. I was bundled up, so I had that. So, but it was like cold out today. All right, a lot of things to get to. It is, by the way, National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Uh, that's always a big day around here. That's just seriously a big day around here because. Since we lit the lamp around here, one thing that Steve has has been very important too is making sure that uh, that, that ladies in sports uh, are certainly represented on this radio station. You're prominent among those, right? Thanks. Yeah, you've been absolutely here for a appreciate. It's kind of a cool day for you, right? I mean, yeah, I think what's cool is it's less about me or helmets and heels, and it's more about I think overall this might be the most equal men's and women's sports a- across the landscape have ever been. Yeah, I'm not saying that women's sports are equal to men's sports in popularity. But I think this is the closest it's ever been. It's the most we've ever acknowledged. It's Absolutely. Most, the general public acknowledges women playing sports as much as they ever. I agree with that. Yeah. As much as they ever have. I, I think Which I think is cool because, yeah, yeah girls and women are, are incredible athletes as well. Yeah, so I think that I think that's I agree. And I think you do a terrific job. I think Mia does a terrific job. And I think the most of the ladies' haze that have come through here. Yeah, here, Jessica, here. to Amanda, every one of them. Absolutely. We've been so, so very, you guys do a great job. So, so but I, but I, I applaud. That's one of the things I'm proud of about this radio station. I mean, I've said that from the, from the day we started this thing. I'm proud of that about our radio station. Thank right. you. And I'll add in Taylor too. And then absolutely Taylor too. You better believe it. So, so many people that have come through here. So all right, a lot of things to get to today on the program. We'll talk some Jaguar football. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has made the media tour. Uh, he did. He was on with the NFL Network and with uh, Up in Adams with Kay Adams. We'll hear some of those comments in the second segment of the show. Uh, Lee Smith from the Players Championship. We think Lee's stopping by. He's going to be here every Wednesday at three forty. Uh, this week we had him on Monday, but I think Lee's stopping by again today. So we'll talk some Players Championship. I got some thoughts about that coming up in just a bit. Tiger, by the way, committed to the Genesis. Now that's his event in Riviera Beach, but we'll talk about that coming up a little bit as well. Brett Hastings will stop by Sports and Courts today. Uh, talks about the Florida State. Uh, are they going to be able to get out or not? I mean, there's been so much conversation, Hayes, about this grant of rights. What's the real story? Can can they get out or not? And what will it cost them? And will they do it? And can they get out without having to pay the gigantic exorbitant, in their minds, uh, exit fee? And so Brett's got a lot of thoughts about that. It'll be kind of fun to see kind of where he thinks the real legalities are there. No doubt about it. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, they're the they're the epicenter of – of the whole thing on, on That's many right. fronts, you know, the NCAA is also coming after them, uh, as they are Florida and Tennessee. And again, it's, it seems like, you know, that's, 
that's entering a point of are we really do we really care about the NCAA investigations and are we going to even acknowledge punishments that they come up with and uh, they got handed another legal loss yesterday uh, in terms of antitrust stuff so uh, it's uh, it's 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 changing on multiple frontiers and Florida State is is sort of leading the charge on multiple fronts and the grant of rights is just fascinating because. Look, they're the big domino. If Notre Dame decides they're just not going to do anything, then the biggest domino is what does Florida State do? Do they go to the Big Ten? Do they go to the SEC? How does it work out? Yeah, the the if they get a, but I think you're right about it being a domino. If they get out, then Katie bar the door because because then then because that all that's left now of the uh, of the teams moving from one conference to another, I I think is what happens with these ACC teams. I think the Big Twelve teams are locked in. I think the ones that stayed went and recruited Colorado and Arizona State and Arizona and Utah and and before that they recruited Cincinnati and Houston and UCF, you know, so uh, Brigham Young. So they they've grown to what they're going to be. I, I don't see anybody bailing on that league cuz a lot of teams went to get in it and the teams that won it out beforehand couldn't get out. So, you know what? I I don't think that's changing. The Big 10 and the SEC aren't changing unless they can go get somebody from the ACC or wherever. The Pac-12 blew up. So, so the only the only thing left in that whole conference realignment thing of of in volume is what happens with the ACC. No doubt about it. It's all that's left. It's all yeah. that's left. And and the ACC will eventually crumble. It's just is it going to crumble in a year or is it going to crumble in 2036? Well, and a very 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 big part of that conversation is what happens with this. It, like you said, if FSU's out, good luck ACC. Oh, it's over. Well, here's why it's over because A they lose the best football program in their league. And Clemson's a really good program, too, by the way. But it, they leave certainly one of the two. I think the best, but certainly one of the two. But you know Clemson and probably North Carolina are sure to follow. That's, Absolutely. That's what it is. It's not just FSU leaving. If it happens, you know you know Clemson's coming. We, we, I promise you, if FSU gets out of the grant of rights, that's, that AP story won't have been written yet. It won't be completed yet until you see the headline that Clemson's coming, too. Yeah, uh, may not go to the same league, may not go. But is there any doubt? In your, I mean, I mean, the minute FSU gets out, no, and Clemson's it, on their heels. In fact, Florida State should send Clemson, North Carolina, and whoever they should send them a, le- a legal bill. Yeah, and, and say right. why is That's it on right. us right. to to pay all of this? Because you know you're you're, coming. you're you're coming right behind us. Yeah, there is. So if we knock the the wall down, then you guys and you then follow through that hole in the wall that we created. You should have to pay for some of it. So I don't know how that's going to work and, and, and how they can, they can try it. to make that but happen. I, but, but I get it, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's not just going to be Florida State. And, uh, and it will be – the ACC is, is on its deathbed. It's just a question of, again, will it last a year? Uh, will it last till 2036? But there's, there's no solution here for the ACC. It is ultimately going to die. Unless the grant of rights is upheld until 2036. Well, that's that's the only other option. Unless FSU can't get out. Right. Yeah, and yeah. from what we've talked about for a while now, the grant of rights from everyone who's looked at it from a legal perspective, which is why it'll be interesting to get Brett's opinion, it's only a four-page document, and yet everyone seems to believe that it's locked tight. You know what's funny about that, Lauren? I hear so many people think it's airtight, nobody can get out, and I hear a lot of people saying they're going to get out, there's, there's loopholes. I don't know. That's why Brett's going to go through it with it. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But my gut tells me in 2027, FSU's not in the league. 
Did yours tell you that? I'd be stunned if they stayed. Yeah, in yeah. Somehow, because because I hear you, Lauren, but but because you're right, because we still haven't had any evidence or any suggestion of where that loophole might be if it even exists. But my gut still tells me they're not in. I don't know why. I just my gut tells me a year or two from now they're not in it anymore. That's just what I. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I do wonder to Hayes's point about the legal fees for the other schools. Have the other schools' legal team said? Good luck to FSU. The reason we're not doing this is we don't yeah. feel like we can get out of it. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of college football, Billy Napier, it was the signing day today. Boy, signing day in what it once was, was it? <laughs> no. Right? By now we would have talked 10 minutes about who signed oh, yeah. with who. It's, uh, but there was certainly it was a signing day for, for local athletes and for many who had not signed. It's a, it's a very important day. It's not, it's not the national recruiting football day that it once was, but it's certainly and an awful lot of local athletes and good for them that – they got out and signed, and, and that's very, very exciting that they got the uh, – their next step is – their path is clear. So, so congratulations to all that did sign today. But it was an opportunity for coaches to speak because it was signing day. Billy Napier spoke. Um, interesting. He pretty much said he's moving forward with his two offensive line coaches and there's no more offensive coaches coming. I really believed he would hire an offensive coordinator. I, I, I believed he would do that. I believed he would hire a special teams guy and an offensive guy. He did do the special teams guy. Did not hire the offensive coordinator. Um, I got a thought. I, I'll tell you, I'm gonna. We'll all hold our thoughts. I, I got, but I got a thought about his answers to some of the questions today. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on in the program. Let's take a break. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence. He was on uh, Up and Adams with Kay Adams. He was on NFL Network. He talked a little bit about the season behind and the season ahead. That's how we'll start the program uh, with a little Trevor talk on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Carline, Lauren Brooks with you. On a Wednesday installment of the program, Lee Smith and the players comes by in a bit. Brett Hastings in the 4 o'clock hour to talk about the Florida State Grant of Rights deal. To break it down as much as we can. Trevor Lawrence uh, made the uh, media rounds last week, this past week, and uh, was on with the NFL Network and with uh, Kay Adams. We'll, get, we'll pull some of the uh, thoughts uh, when he was on with Up and Adams. A lot of thoughts. Uh, number one, he had a knee, an ankle, uh, a shoulder, and a concussion. How much did it affect his play? Kay Adams asked him uh, during the interview. They were somewhat of a factor, but also, you know, I always say guys are dealing with things every week, so it's never an excuse. You know, it doesn't make you feel any better. You still got to perform every Sunday. So, you know, I I hate that um, the back half of the season didn't go better than it did because um, we put ourselves in a good position and just didn't take advantage of it. But, um, yeah, it played a little bit of a factor. But at the end of the day, if you put yourself on the field, you got to perform and play your best. And, um, I didn't think I was able to do that towards the end of the season, which is disappointing. Um, but definitely looking forward to getting healthy this offseason. And my body needs it, and it's been good getting to rest a little bit. So I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now. All right, there's work to be done. Obviously, the team needs to get better. What's the number one need as uh, Trevor Lawrence sees it? That's a tough question. I mean, I think every year it changes because your team changes. You know, So we're going to have a lot of free agents this year, and it'll be interesting to see you know, who we sign back. We get back, you know. Hopefully, we can retain a lot of those guys because you want to you want to keep some continuity. Um, but I think it's hard to say before you you let the cards fall and see who's coming back and who we're going to get back. Uh, but I think it's clear we need to get better. I think every year that is the goal, and clearly the way we finish the season, we need to get better really in all, in all areas. Does the quarterback have any input in who the Jags resign? 
there's definitely conversations that I have with, you know, Coach Peterson and Trent and, and whoever and press and the offensive side that is about personnel and, you know, guys I really like that, you know, maybe that are up as free agents and want to come back or whatever it is, you know, different things come up and they will ask me and I think they do value my opinion, which is important to me. But I also know that I can't be the best quarterback I can be if I'm also trying to be the GM or the head coach. I have to, I think it is healthy to have some separation there, but no, we communicate and I think we have a great relationship. Jags lost five of the last six uh, things. Uh, when the water, the ship started taking on water, they didn't handle it very well. Uh, Trevor was asked about that. We hit some bumps in the road, and I don't think we handled adversity well this year. And that was one of the, the issues for us at the end of the season. Um, we just didn't, for whatever reason, we didn't handle it like we did the year before. So I think sometimes when you when you have a season like we did, you miss the playoffs after being eight and three, you, you know, lose four of your last five or five of your last six, whatever it was it shows you a lot because you know you're you don't have everything you need at, at this point like you're not you're not good enough and finally uh what do you do individually to get better we had to look in the mirror and that's healthy i think as a team as an organization you know maybe if we made the playoffs somehow at the end of the year beat the titans make the playoffs and then we win the first game and we you know whatever lose the divisional maybe we don't think the same way about the things that we need to do this offseason to make us better i think sometimes it opens your eyes a little bit when you struggle Trevor Lawrence on with a Kay Adams seems convicted. Hayes didn't say anything. I didn't expect him to say, but there was conviction in his voice. Uh, the one thing that, that resonated with me, both on NFL network and with Kay Adams is that it almost seemed like a wake up call. He said two or three different times that when things don't go well, you may be better off because of it, because it got your attention and winning again, might not have had your attention. Interesting comment. I mean, that's all you can hope for now is that, this debacle of a collapse, uh, you know, does make them stronger, makes Trevor stronger as a player, uh, and and that it it doesn't happen again. Uh, it's it's certainly a lesson for Trevor, who could be playing this sport here until he's forty. Uh, so that's what you have to hope uh, is that it's a it, it's incredibly painful, but that it becomes a lesson that does uh, give them some mental toughness and resolve moving forward. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's, again, that's, that's about all we can hope. It's, it's still just, the further we get away from it, it's still just so amazing how dreadful his numbers are. I mean, just dreadful. And I don't think it's, it's all his, I, I actually, I don't think it's even the lion's share of his fault. Um, he was 21 touchdowns and 14 picks plus seven. I mean, just to give you some, some numbers here, uh, Jordan Love was, was plus 22. Baker Mayfield, plus 18. Uh, Derek Carr, plus 17, who they can't wait to get out of New Orleans now. They're stuck with them, but the fans can't stand them. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's remarkable. C.J. Stroud, rookie year, plus 18. Uh, 23 touchdowns, five picks. It's just, it is staggering how far backwards he went. And again, Certainly, I, I don't, I'm not absolving him, but I, I think it's probably 30% Trevor and 70% everything else around him. They've got to get this fixed. I mean, if, if these guys want to have jobs in 25, this has got to get better. Uh, he cannot have another season that even remotely looks like this. Rashad Khan should fire everybody that works in that building that's ever looked at offensive game film. 
Yeah, certainly if it stays the same or gets worse, there, there's massive issues here, and, and then they'll have to evaluate him as well. Yeah, I think it was much less on him and, and much more on everything around him. And obviously being injured comes from the fact that your office in line isn't playing well. And I think at the end of the day, the other thing that I take away from his comments, Frank, is that he does have input, at least in conversations with the guys, the free agents that yeah, he wants too. to keep. That I Whether or not he's getting to say, yes, I want to keep Calvin Ridley and Cam Robinson, I'm not saying that. But the fact that they are listening at least to what he wants, I think that's good. And what you're supposed to do, your your leader, your quarterback, your 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 alpha guy. But he's only 24 at the right. same time, you know. But, but they should. But but every team should go. I would think the Chiefs with Mahomes and the Bills with Josh Allen and the Dolphins with Tua and on and on want their quarterback's opinion on certain guys. I mean, you're out there. You're the guy with the ball in your hand all the time, and you're the the de facto leader if you're not the clear leader on your football team. So yeah, I I, w- I would think that. I think Trevor's troubles, and we talked about it. Hayes, you said 30 percent were his fault. Yeah. I, I look. I think there's three or four things. Okay, number one. I mean, three or four things that happen. Number one, he's got to play better. He's got to take better care of the ball. That the one he's careless with the ball, and I think he would tell you that. Whether it's fumbles, whether it's forced throws, he's he was careless with the ball. So he's got to do better. He's got to affect the 14. I don't know that the 21's his fault as much as the 14's his fault. When you turn the ball over, that's kind of on you. So I think that I think he he's got to play better. Number two, they got to block better. Okay, so the uh, and so clearly, and I and and and, and again, I'm not I'm not giving you an order of priority. I'm just telling you all the things. Because how much better does he play if they block better? And, and I think way better. How many I, better I, decisions I, does I, he make I've, if they block better? Yeah, I I I still think he he takes too many risks. But the fumble sometimes, I mean, good lord, sometimes he wasn't holding it that long. They just got there fast. So I think offensive line is the number one thing. I think Trevor's got to play better. I think. Number one, you got to stay healthier at those at, at, at your spots. I mean, you can't play eight games without your left tackle, the whole the last five or six games without your best receiver, um, a lot of games in the middle of the season without one of your better receivers in Zay Jones. Uh, at that, but when when you've had that much injury on the offensive front, when the quarterback's been hurt that much, when the key players have been around him, so they got to stay healthy, which they did the year before, and then they got to find the rhythm, whether that's play calling by Press Taylor, whether that's audibles by Trevor. Whether that's whatever it is, they got to get that part figured out too. So it was all that stuff together. It was the offensive line really struggled. Trevor made some bad decisions. The they really did have people hurt the whole time, and they never found a play calling rhythm. And so, so you put the drops or missed routes or missed assignments as far as route running. You put that in the rhythm. I do. Okay. I I, I do. I, but again, I, again, I, I'm gonna stand my ground on this. I, I'm not gonna just say. Play calling was lousy because that's what everybody's saying. I'm not gonna do that. If 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 it maybe it was and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not gonna. I'll give you an example. I watch Florida, okay, and I know Billy Napier is gonna call plays again, and and we'll get to that later on the program. But I see things watching Florida on offense that I want to pull my hair out. Getting out of the huddle slow, uh, so some of the play calls, the tempo, uh, when they run, when they pass, and I know I know they did way better offensively this year. Billy Napier did, which is probably why they're not changing. But but I see things that I didn't see those things with the with the Jaguars. I just saw the lack of productivity. So I think it's all of that together. So, but yeah, obviously, play calling's got to be better. Or to Hayes's point, the offense wouldn't have gone backwards. I mean, it, it's crazy to say. I think the point you were making yesterday, Hayes, um, it's crazy to say your offense was way worse than it's been, but the play calling was great. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think it's. I, I'll say it again. I didn't visibly see a difference in the play calling in, in the 2022-2023 season. 
but obviously it's got to get better because they weren't good, right? I mean, any, if your offense isn't good, play calling's got to be a part of it. I don't care if you're the Gators or the Jaguars or the Knolls or, or, or the Kansas City Chiefs. If your offense isn't good, play calling's got to be in there. I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's not. Yeah, I was saying I think the pass catchers also let Trevor down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I thought they – you're right, but I think they let him down by not being available. I, I, don't, I don't remember a lot of now, – now, Calvin Ridley had to adjust. I, I, I thought Calvin Ridley, I, I think we all know that there's times he wasn't sure of when to look, where to run, and so. but I think that'll get better, so we'll see. All those things in there together. Again, I'll, I'll, say, what, I'll say what I've said all along about the Jags. I have – it's almost like, okay, you, you lost forever, and then Doug Peterson comes around, and then you win enough to win a division, and you win a playoff game, and you get to the final eight, and then it looks like everything's going to be great. Well, rarely does it work like that. We thought it would because we've lost sight of rarely does it work like that. Sometimes you need the other year of adversity. Sometimes you need sometimes you don't go from four losses, I'm sorry, four wins in two seasons to suddenly you're two years later you're in the Super Bowl. Doesn't usually work like that. It's four wins in two seasons to one of the surprises of the year by winning nine games and winning and going into the playoffs. To maybe not advancing off that nine and eight as quickly as you want to. Maybe it takes two or three years. You know, you don't. It, it doesn't happen as fast. And I, like I said, I, there's work to be done. There's players to be added. But I kind of like where they are. By the way, I do see this a lot. I think I've said a thousand, thousand, thousand times they've got to get their offensive line better. They got to be better both both trenches. And all their focus should be big people, big people, big people, big people. But I will say this. The amount of people that are now connecting the Jags to T. Higgins because of the Clemson thing, I have no idea if that's true. I have no idea if they would pay him. I have no idea if they're going to prioritize that, knowing they need to get those lines better. And that would be kind of fun, <laughs> you know. I it mean, would be I mean, fun. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's going to get tagged, yeah, but it'd yeah, be great yeah, yeah, if Cincinnati it, makes a huge mistake. Yeah, and lets but, him go. but but I right, I, I don't. And Cincinnati's crazy to let him go, and Joe Burrow probably wouldn't let them. But I've seen it so many times. It would be kind of That'd fun. That'd be fantastic. It would be kind of fun to have T. Higgins here catching balls from Trevor Lawrence. I think a year ago, Jags fans were on the train of they're going to have to pay Jamar Chase, yeah. so T. Yeah. Higgins is maybe going to become available. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with Hayes. Well, like we've seen, like uh, I you don't know, think it's happening. I'm just saying. I, I read it enough now. Well, that, the cap has gone up so much over the last like five years. Like we were going through it. The Chargers have now they've got a they've got some work to do, but right. they've got like five players on their roster with a cap hit of over twenty seven million. So, I mean, you can pay three or four superstar players and be fine. So, I don't know that they'll pay T. Higgins, but I'd be shocked if they let him hit the market. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I you, that, The tag's there for a reason, and, and teams use it whether people like it or not. But I'm just saying I read it enough times. I, I allowed myself. Hey, until they tag him? Yeah. I allowed myself dare to dream. 27 seconds yeah. of joy this today reading about it. That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? It would be. Again, fun. it's not their priority, but that'd be kind of fun. That'd be, I mean, Trevor throwing. The more weapons you give a quarterback, the better. Well, especially a weapon like that. Yeah. Especially that kind of a weapon. You're exactly right. Let's take a break. Uh, let's talk some golf with Lee Smith uh, in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. <laughs> Out of the program. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you, and uh, Lee Smith with us, the executive director of the Players Championship. Uh, 
Second time in three days. Good to see you. That's right. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how are things now? We're, we're whatever we are, a month out, month and a half out. Um, crazy yet? Is it a steady crazy? Because, again, your, your first rodeo here with this yep, event, yep. And at least in this role, crazier than you thought? What you expect? Take us through it a little bit. No, I think it's um, it's really good. I think I, I may have mentioned Monday. There's yeah. – you know, some adrenaline there. There's yeah. some anxiety there. There's some nerves, right? Uh, and a ton of excitement. Um, but this is kind of the the internal workings. This is when we start talking employee right. tickets and you know all, all of those types of things uh, on the back end. So there's always uh, a little bit of that. But at the same time, on the golf course, it's you know I think Lauren mentioned we're looking at weather all the time right. to uh, to to make sure the golf course, which is in great shape right now. Uh, continues that way you know the build is is 80 to 90 percent complete uh, around 17 is is almost done uh, we're getting uh, to that intercoastal club product that we're just building now so we're you know treading uh, with that every day and keeping an eye on that pace and and we're right on time so we're we're excited about uh, I think as of yesterday we were uh, exactly 35 days to gates opening it's so exciting, and, and Lee, this is obviously one of the greatest sporting events uh, that we have in, in, in certainly the sport, but I think the country. And what, what is so amazing about that to me is you guys have such a grow-the-game, fan-friendly policy of if a, a ticketed adult comes in, they can bring, they can bring, how, uh, they can bring kids under 15, a couple yeah, kids under 15, yeah. right? It, it, tell yeah, tell people about it's, that. No, it, it, uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. We, we think that... Um, you know, our, our policy around uh, kids at the Players' Championship not only grows the game, but, uh, you know, really transcends all other sports. This is as family-friendly policy as there is in all of sports. Uh, a ticketed adult uh, can bring uh, two kids free of charge under the age of 15. Uh, and so for the opportunity for uh, families awesome. to come out together or uh, the father or mother to bring uh, their child and a friend, you know, those types of things, it's 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 great for for growing the game, but I think it's it's even better for us as uh, players' championship employees to look around and see a bunch of kids there, uh, and to see them rolling down the hills. And um, you know, our uh, risk management folks don't like it uh, maybe as much, but um, it's always nice seeing a kid on a father's shoulders. You know, those types of things watching golf. It's uh, it's pretty cool. The players is also very military friendly as well. And I know we've talked about the military appreciation concert, but it's more than just Cole Swindell coming. There's a lot of options for military people as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, our tickets for uh, the military. We, we do a, a complimentary ticket program for active military, and we do a, a significantly discounted program for uh, veterans, which uh, you know is so important to the fabric of the event. One thing that I learned when I moved down here, which, um, you know, really, really struck me is one in five residents of this area uh, is connected to uh, active military or family of military. I mean, 20 percent. Wow. It's the third largest military population in the country. So it's certainly really, really important to us. Tuesday is our military appreciation day. We uh, have a couple of flyovers. Um, there's a lot of pageantry involved, a big flag out on uh, 17, uh, 17 green. This year was the first time we did a, a public uh, a Star-Spangled Banner contest, uh, and we chose Matthew Johnson. He's been on The Voice, uh, oh, wow. and he's here from Northeast Florida, and so he was the, 
the winner of that competition. So he's going to be out there singing the national anthem and then uh, certainly ended by uh, Cole Swindell and, and having a lot of fun and people are excited about him. Have you been to that? Have you been, have you been to the military appreciation day? I have not. You will um, love it. Yeah. I'm I've seen a lot of video of yeah, it, Frank and, yeah. and it, it, you know, we've, we're always looking for those surprise yeah. reunions, right. which are always the, the, the tearjerker yeah, yeah. part of it. No, I haven't. And I, I look forward you, to it. You really will. Lee, you, I was thinking about this earlier. I said, you're, you're going to, you're going to be here a long time. I'm guessing and so you're going to love these, but you, that day, that day will move you, ma'am. I, I mean, I, I really, I think we all, we all have that no matter how many times you've seen it. I, I think, I, I really, I think it will. Uh, ticket sales. Do they ramp up about now? Are they steady like for three or four months? How does that work? Yeah, like it's a good question. Like any event, um, you know, your last week or two uh, is a substantial portion of your sales. Your last month is, you know, call it two-thirds of the overall volume. But as we compare where we are today to to prior years, the uh, velocity is really, really good. Good. Uh, And so we're excited about, um, you know, the confidence that the community has uh, in the event. And we always encourage, especially our local community, to get your tickets. Once you decide, get your tickets as soon as possible because, you know, as as most events, we dynamically price those things as we get a little closer and start to see, uh, you know, what a particular day will will turn out to be. But, um, you know, we're always encouraging them to get them early. Yeah, absolutely. Tiger Woods is going to play in the Genesis, so that's going to be certainly a, a shot in the arm. And he, he's obviously he's had a great history here, but he hasn't always wrapped his arms around the players. He's been outspoken about 17 and where it falls on the co- course and things like that throughout his time. Uh, good, obviously, that he's back. How much does that help the interest just in the sport? Uh, and, and obviously, you, you have to hold out hope that you'll get word from him you know, I guess a week prior that, that he's going to participate. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, I think first from a PGA tour standpoint and a player standpoint, uh, players championship standpoint, it's always great to have Tiger back playing anywhere. Um, have him healthy, have him swinging the golf club. And, and um, because, you know, as most people have said, he's the needle, um, right? He's not a needle mover. Um, he is, he is the needle. So, um, we're certainly excited. It was a great announcement uh, today that he's going to play Genesis out there. And, you know, based on his previous words, I think there's some excitement that, uh, you know, his playing once a month could mean uh, mm-hmm. coming here. Uh, and so we're excited about that. Always plan for that type of thing because it is a, it's a big deal, um, whether it's your, your retail focus or your security focus or all of those types of things. Having Tiger in the field is exciting and having him play well is even more exciting absolutely have you ever gotten to meet him I have um a couple different times he when I was out at Summerlin um you know one of the premier golf courses in Las Vegas is Shadow Creek um that uh whenever he was uh, traveling in and out of that area he would play there they were closed for a while and so he came out to Summerlin when I was uh the GM there and then we hosted the Northern Trust at Liberty National and and uh, he played in that event unfortunately that was we had a hurricane, and he played one day without fans and then um, actually withdrew. But um, all my interactions with him have been very positive. Lee, let me follow. We asked you this Monday, and I'm not going to keep repeating. I won't make you do this every week. But, but I do. You, you, you are very knowledgeable about the world of golf and where it's headed. Um, live, PIF, where we're headed. 
how it affects the players' championship. Give me a, a big picture kind of from 10,000 feet how you see it. And, again, I promise I won't do that every week yeah. until something gets solved. But there's conversation about it on the regular. Yeah, I, I think if you look at the 2024 players, um, there's probably not going to be a massive amount of, of impact or, or change. Okay. Um, but the, the one side of that, which, which is this strategic sports um, group agreement, uh, is really exciting for for the PGA Tour at large, uh, it, for a multitude of ways. Frank, it's um, you know one is the group that has invested and partnered with the PGA Tour is uh, you know two hundred plus years of length and John Henry and Sam Kennedy and owners of the Brewers and the and the Cubs all uh, they obviously they own Liverpool and a bunch of different crossover sports. So for, for a group like that in the sports world to have confidence in our business yeah. and, and the future of our business certainly is a, is a main bullet point. The fact that partnering with them was a unanimous uh, vote by the players, I think, is, a, is a, an extremely important thing. Um, and then as important as, as the investment itself, you know, being kind of a unique and first-of-its-kind uh, sport to have the players have ownership in the league, you know, no players associations, those those types of things to, to actually have equity in the league, how that yeah. shakes out, you know, is still to be determined. But I think that's going to be a really, really cool part. The other side, as as you mentioned, the the PIF and LIV, as, as I understand it, I think those negotiations continue. Um, certainly what comes along with that, if there is an agreement sometime, is, is DOJ scrutiny, which as we understand, could be 12 to 18 months. So, you know, when it comes to that, I think uh, in the short term, how it may impact, uh, you know, the tour is probably going to be very small in the short term. But certainly the opportunity to unify the game and bring all the best players back together is 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 certainly everybody everybody looks forward to, yeah. Do you uh, get in there and try and influence tea times at all? Or is there any any groups that you're, you're eager to see Thursday and Friday out there? You know, it, it's funny. We um, actually had a conversation about this this morning with with our lead rules official, Stephen Cox, awesome, awesome guy, and and a great partner uh, to the event. We talked a little bit about um, you know who, who who's all part of that uh, decision making process, and um, it it it's a lot more complicated than you would even imagine. How those things come to come to be with tournament a week before the week after and and all the tournaments throughout the years and you start to think about um the equity of it as we you don't want everybody playing the same person playing Thursday afternoon and Friday morning every time they play so there's you know always a always a flow to it but we've we've got some ideas um you know that would be a lot of fun I think typically there's always champions uh, paired together uh, in in each wave uh, to, to celebrate that so you know I think that tradition will will certainly continue but we're we're excited about seeing how the field shapes out and, and putting some great premier groups together we talked about tickets earlier but we didn't get to parking what should people do about parking yeah you know parking is 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 one of those things we're we're fortunate to be able to unlike many uh, large sporting events we're fortunate to be able to park 6,000 cars on site. Um, you know, the downside of that is the 6,000 cars got to get there <laughs> down yeah. A1A. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so similar, we, we, we actually used some of the, um, you know, the Jags game day experience when they put the, you know, if I remember, like a red light at 
11 o'clock and right, a yellow light right. at 1030 yeah, right. and a green light at 10, you know, yeah. moderate delays and those types of things. We've taken a look at, you know, trying to encourage people to come early uh, if you're going to park on site. Um, but parking is uh, is separate from your ticket and uh, is available to uh, for purchase in our uh, main parking lot. But it's always nice to have your car there close and come and go as you please, you know, those types of things. So, yeah, you can uh, purchase parking on the website. Um, but we also have uh, complimentary Nocatee shuttles uh, that run from some parking lots in Nocatee. We have um, shuttles that run from downtown Jacksonville uh, for those people that want to come to the tournament. It's just a nominal fee from there. So uh, a lot of different ways. We Every year we're expanding our, uh, as you can uh, imagine, our golf cart parking. Uh, a lot of people bring golf carts, so we've got a separate lot for that. We've got a separate lot for bicycles. Uh, ride share is always a popular thing because people like to come out and have a good time. So a lot of different ways to get there. Final thing. Um, the beauty of the of the course is that anybody can win. Bombers can win. Uh, target golfers can win. But you know the game really well. Can short hitters win anymore? Anywhere? Is is is, is there still a place for Corey Pavin, who or whatever whoever today's Corey Pavin is? I think so. Um, now you know there there's certainly I I listen to a guy like Kevin Kisner who yeah. who says there's some certain golf courses that yeah probably not. Yeah. Um, that he says, no, I, I can't win. And then somebody asked him, well, why do you play? And he said, because they pay good money for 20th. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Um, well, Harmon just won. Harmon's yeah. not a long hitter, yeah. and he won and the he's British. A, and he's a little guy. Yeah. 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 What, I, what I would say is, and, and, and especially as it pertains to TPC Sawgrass, you know, maybe if it's very, very wet, yeah. ball's not rolling, all of those types of things, then, then they, they do have a disadvantage. But if we're, can, if we're able to control moisture, and you have firm greens, firm fairways that that the ball is going to run out a little bit. Um, you know the golf course is is appealing to everybody's game, um, and, and it so really is. Think a, yeah, I do think a, a short hitter, left to right, right to left, all of those types of things, absolutely can win at the stadium course. I asked this question. I played with Mia and uh, two two folks from Nine Hundred Four Happy Hour who are wonderful. I asked this question, Lee, as I watched Charles from Nine Hundred Four Happy Hour. From 148 hit 52 degree while I was hitting six iron. Okay, just so you know. So yeah. in case you want to know, that swing speed's a little different. There, yeah. Okay? okay. Yeah. What do you hit from 148? What do you hit from 148? I'm probably sit. I'm in between nine iron and eight iron. Probably, okay. probably okay. most of the time in nine iron. Okay. All things equal, but it's, it was hitting 52 degree. Wow. Me can confirm that he was hitting that's, a 52 degree from 148. That's stayed in the air long. I could have gone to lunch while the ball was in yeah. the air. So stayed, stayed in the air forever. Yeah. Now he's probably hitting six iron into the wind, though. If the ball's staying in the air that long, right. dead into the wind, he's, yeah, he's hitting the same club. Uh, let's. Uh, I want you to pick a number. We're going to give away two tickets now to the Sunday round and a $25 gift certificate to Taco Lou. you got to give me a number between one and nine. Give me a number. One and nine. Two. Number two. Caller number two now at 641-1010. Caller number two. You're going to the Sunday round, the championship round. Two tickets there and a $25 gift certificate to Taco Lou. We're going to do this every week. You're going to stop by. Now, Absolutely. next week, you're going to be see us out of the ballpark. We'll tell you all about that. Absolutely. We're at the uh, Walk-Off Charities Baseball event, so we're certainly excited about that. Thanks for coming by, Lee. We appreciate you. it. Thank you. Back in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. We got the beat. We've got the beat, all right. The Brooks beat. Here's Lauren Brooks. Hey, girl. 
Oh, now. Got a little boom in my big truck. Gonna open up the doors and turn it up. Gonna stomp my boots in the Georgia mud. Gonna watch you make me fall in love. Get up on the hood of my That's daddy's That's right. We've got three pairs of tickets today to give away to go see Luke Bryan when he comes in town Thursday, June 13th. He plays at Vice, our Veterans Memorial Arena. Your first chance to win is right here, right now. Be calling number 4 641 Call number 4 641 The tickets are not yet on sale, so this is win them before you can buy them tickets for on sale Friday morning at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Does Luke Bryan normally tour? He hasn't toured for a while, right? It's a good question. I feel like he's toured. I feel like he's been through here in the last three years, maybe. I remember when he did the, the military. Did you go to that yes. one? Yes. Yes, I went to that. I can, I can, um, my, um, I was working with my uh, good friend Rick Ballou mm-hmm. back then. We were at the turn, which is on 18th, where we're doing our show from. The turn is a great spot to watch. We were, golf. At, we were at the turn. If they, I don't know if they still call it that. We were at the turn, and uh, the uh, the the young ladies like the ladies like uh, Luke, Bryan. L- Luke Bryan a lot, and uh, the ladies they had, and I can still remember. The ladies pretty much love all the country, the yeah. country. But the, but the ladies, yeah. and I believe that, but they really like Luke Bryan, and I can still remember my my good friend Rick Ballou looking at me on air and going. It's a stampede. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless Luke Bryan um, on his way back to back to town. So there you go. So how about that? All right, all right uh, a lot of things to get to. Let's uh, let's uh, unwrap some things that, that Lee told us. Wouldn't it be great if, if Tiger Woods could play? They don't know. Well, we do know the fact that he's playing in Genesis means he's trying to get back into the rhythm. It's been a while, Hayes. My goodness, would that be something special for the players? If, Ty- if Tiger Woods showed up here, Man, would that be something spectacular? Oh, it'd be unbelievable because he just hasn't played here much. I mean, because of – I mean, name the reason. I mean, there's there's about six of them. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, he's he's been a great champion here, multiple winner. Uh, obviously, we were, all remember better than most and, and what a signature moment that is in, in the tournament's history. It, it would be phenomenal if he is able to play here. Uh, he's never been a huge fan of the course, and he's he's softened that. Uh, but uh, you know, ten fifteen years ago, he would tell anyone who put a microphone in his face how he didn't like the 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 design of it. He thought the island green should be you know somewhere where you could recover your round in time, not be the second to last hole. And anyway, but uh, it would be obviously fantastic. I, I don't think as we've learned. The players' championship has grown in his absence. So, you know, you used to think you had to have Tiger Woods or it would substantially affect the popularity of your event. Well, that's no longer the case. Uh, he, obviously, he's an icon. He's, he's arguably the greatest to ever do it. Worst case, he's the second best to ever do it. And, uh, but it's nice now because it feels it's, it's icing on a wonderful cake if he plays. And uh, we just have to you know, hold out hope that, you know, his health will hold up, that he'll play in the Genesis and, and get through it without any, uh, any flare ups of anything and, uh, and be healthy. I, I would like to think with it being the 50th anniversary with him being a multiple time champion, that if he is healthy, he will play. Yeah. What's a little bit sad for me is I'm excited for if he plays, obviously, but I don't expect him to finish in the top 
Randy. Yeah, I don't I, either. I don't I, expect to be following Tiger on Sunday. I don't either. That, I, that's the only sad part for me. Yeah, I, I've said for for many years now that I, I'm not surprised when he makes cuts, but I'm almost surprised when he makes cuts, and I'm really surprised if he's in it. But that doesn't matter. The fact that this guy's gone through all he's gone through physically and is still out there banging away and doing the best he can and, and, and attracting crowd after crowd. And listen, he's good for the tournament he plays in. Whether he, whether he, if he makes it to Saturday or Sunday, even that I mean, he makes it to the leaderboard on Sunday. That's fantastic, but that's not what the allure is about anymore, right? I mean, it'd be great if he was, but that's not what the allure is about. The allure is, it's pretty cool that he's still out there battling and fighting, and we get to go watch him for at least a few days. Uh, it'd be fantastic, and yeah, it's it's hard to project, I, uh, how he would finish. I uh, I mean, I I will say the last two times he's played here. He has made the cut, um, and so, but that was 2018 and 2019. I mean, again, getting back to he just hasn't played here very much. He played here every year from 97 through 07. Uh, then he did not play in 08. Then he played here every year from 09 to 13 when he won it. He won it in 13 for the second time, 01 and 13. Then he didn't play in 14, played in 15, made the cut, and then did not play in 16, 17, uh, played in 18, 19, and, and that was his last appearance. So, you know, really going back to 2008, you know, he just really hasn't been here uh, that often. But, uh, but it'd be great to have him, and, uh, boy, that would, be, that would be a lot of fun to see who they uh, pair him up with. Yeah, it certainly would. And what, it's also great for kids. Any kid who has lived here, like you said, Hayes, hasn't played since 2019 here, there are kids that I'm sure have heard all about Tiger Woods, have never gotten to see him live in person. And so if he played here, they'd actually get to do that and maybe even get a signature. Yeah, and we are hopeful, too. And, and, and listen, Lee made a good point, too, that the Department of Justice is going to involve themselves in any potential merge of that magnitude. So even if they agree verbally for a while before, if, if there's any kind of a, merge, a merger that involves the tour, the PIF, the live folks, if, if they – and and my guess is at some point all the good golfers will be back together, don't you think? I do. I, I think I, we're probably a couple of years away, yeah. but but I do believe that eventually. I mean, they were gonna yeah. do it anyway. They were right. gonna merge, and and so yeah, it, it's it's still it's so awkward though because you still have like JT saying mm-hmm. no, there should be penalties if they come back. Rory McIlroy has basically said no, they shouldn't, and he was obviously the biggest critic. Right. So it's still there. Obviously, still is a process there. Um, John Rom to John Rom's Rom's credit, he was like. Yeah, basically, I went for the money. I mean, I as soon as I won the Masters, I knew I could play the Masters the rest of my life. I yeah, I, I couldn't turn down the three hundred million dollars. Right. It, it's it's at least refreshing to have an athlete say, right? Yeah, obviously, it was about the money. Yeah. Um, but he did he did say there's events that he is going to miss. Right. Uh, that he's hopeful one day he'll be able to to play those events on the PGA Tour that that he is very fond of. So, and I'm I, I would think this is one of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I would think. You know, this year, maybe next year, you don't see it. But hopefully in 26, you know, every, it's everybody that is qualified can can participate in the Players' Championship. Rom had the food poisoning last year, yeah, remember? Yeah, that's right. I do remember. Missed oh, that's time. right. Chris Reimer poisoned him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will tell you Many this. Many have heard. Uh, but, but I will tell you, and I love this event, and, and I love what we do with this event. And I and I, and, 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 you know, I said this before, um, Matt Rapp and J- Jared Rice did such a job growing this thing, and Lee Smith's going to be fantastic as their successor is, is Jared's successor. It's in good shape. The staff's in good shape. It's a fantastic golf course. 
But it would be better if John Robin DJ were here. It just would. It would be better if there was a guy. If, if, if it would be better if there were more recognizable. There's a lot of really good recognizable players. But it would be good if, if Cam Smith, who won recently, was here. It, it, I mean, it just would. And I think, and I think all, all of golf feels that way. Absolutely. Yeah, and so hopefully we'll get to a day where that day comes back. And let me be clear. It's a magnificent event either way. For sure. But more magnificent if there's more recognizable guys playing in the field. For golf fans, absolutely, that's what they want, and that's what's best for the tournament, certainly. But if I'm Justin Thomas, I certainly am not thrilled about the idea that those guys who defected yeah, I get it. I get it. are able to just come back without any penalty whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, the, the loyalty versus disloyalty in the minds of many, I don't know that that's ever going away. Some people like LaRory have softened, but I don't know that the loyalty versus disloyalty in the world of golf is ever going to go away. I mean, that's a bad thing, man. When you're when of, and I'm not talking about just golf, just in general, in team sports, in business, in friendships, disloyalty is a biggie. You know, and when, when someone on a team thinks a teammate, and, that, and these guys, although they compete every week, they, they're teammates. The, the one thing about the tour, the players are proud of the bond they've had. You can tell when they, when they have player meetings, when they have, when they have the leader meetings here, and, and they're proud of this event, and they're proud that this is their event held at their headquarters, that they were involved in the design of the course. They don't all love it, maybe, but they're designed, proud of it. When one of their, when they believe there's a turncoat involved, that's a big deal, man. That that it would almost be like Hayes, a, a football or baseball player during a strike season crossing the picket line, right? A, a scab, yeah. as it were. And that, that's a big deal, huge deal. I mean, you, absolutely. You never so, get it back. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame Justin Thomas for his yeah. feelings at all. I, you know, and and I am surprised that Roy McIlroy has softened as much as he has. Uh, considering how vocal he was against it, um, you know, I, I think I, I do think that at some point, I, I don't know how you penalize them. So while I understand Justin Thomas's comments, if it is a true merge, I don't know how you can enforce any kind of punishment because the whole idea of a merge is that you've allowed bygones to be bygones, and now we're all friends, and you know we're all we're now all in this together. You can't really start that relationship and say, but, but we're going to penalize you guys for, uh, for leaving three years ago and what ultimately ended up being us merging anyway. Then you better bonus the ones who stayed, I guess, instead of penalizing the ones who left, give Justin Thomas and every other golfer who stayed with the PGA Tour, give them $20 million, whatever the number is. All right. Uh, Brett Hastings is going to join us in a moment. One football note, by the way, Clayton Safi, Safi whoever that is, is reporting that uh, – I take it back. He's he's reporting something by Nate Taylor, who is the athletic football show, quote, Joe Cullen appears to be on the move. He appears to be the defensive coordinator target, and Michigan will try and lock that down tonight. Have you seen that story? Oh, nice. Um, um, nice, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so Nate Taylor from The Athletic is reporting that Joe's headed to be the defensive coordinator at Michigan. I think what the uh, – what the – what the story will show at the end is that Joe was offered that job about four days ago and is probably going to turn it down. So I don't think Joe Cullen's going to leave. You know, all these NFL. So where do you think Joe Cullen coaches next year? I think there's a really good chance he's the coordinator in Seattle. Okay. And if he's not, I think he will be the defensive line coach again in Kansas City. But I don't think he's going to. I think he has turned down. Michigan offered him the job. I think he turned it down. Something tells me he prefers the NFL to college football these uh, days. I think he, he thought long and hard about a lot of it. But doesn't everybody? I mean, again, Jeff Halfley was yeah. the head coach at Boston College and left to be a coordinator at Green Bay. And all the word you hear is Chip Kelly is 
desperately trying to get out. He's just desperately trying to get away from uh, UCLA to be a coordinator in the NFL. I, uh, I, I again, Chip I, Kelly's calling like the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah right. Like, right. I mean, hire he, me, please. Yeah. So I, I think unless something changes, I think you'll see that Joe Cullen was offered Michigan and turned it down, and uh, is hopeful that he has a chance to be. And I think a very good chance, by the way. He and Mike uh, McDonald were together in uh, Baltimore yeah. for a while. So how would that work? Would it be McDonald calling it like McDermott does, or Colin, Colin will call the defense? Colin would call the defense. Okay. If, 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 if that happened, Joe Cullen would call the defense. And by the way, that offer, I don't know that is on the table. I know that there's a chance he'll get that offer. I do know the Michigan offer was on the table. Well, it's a you. bummer for Michigan fans and Sharon Moore. I can yeah, yeah, tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's a good if, coach. Because right now they're thinking Joe Cullen's yeah. going to be their defensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, unless, unless my information's wrong, but I think it might be right. I trust your sources. We'll see. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, Brett Hastings joins us uh, from the uh, Hastings Injury Law Firm. We're going to talk all about this FSU grant of rights thing, so stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now time for Sports and Courts, legal issues in the sports world with Brett Hastings from the Hastings Injury Law Firm. Hit back with Hastings. Brett Hastings joins us now. Uh, sports and Courts from one of the best in the business, my friend Brett Hastings. Brett, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. We're coming in here rocking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> correct. Um, hey, let me, let me ask you this. Um, we have tried to unpack this FSU thing Brett, so hard, so many times. So I'm glad you're going to come on today and help us with this. So let's get right to the the beginning of this. The grant of rights, they won't let anybody see it, which is bizarre to me. You got to drive there. They won't won't make it available online. So you actually have to drive to Greensboro to see it, which is weird. In your opinion, can FSU get out of it without having to pay the exorbitant exit fee? Most likely not, but there there are some unique things here that we should talk about. And, you know, just for the listeners, we hear grant of rights. Um, you know, what is that, right? That's a legal document that Florida State and every member, right, of the ACC signs that transfers ownership of that school, here FSU's media rights, from the school to the conference. So what that means is the ACC, not Florida State, during the time of the grant of rights or any other member school, right, who owns the rights to the broadcast of games. And, you know, we talk about it all the time on sports and courts, and you guys just talk about it in general, but it's these TV revenues and college football, you know, Major League Baseball, you name it, that fuel and pay for everything, right? Like that's the real value of everything. Now, in this case, what's interesting, this was like a 20-year deal, right, on the grant of rights. And so what's happened is Florida State has filed a lawsuit in Leon County, and I think that's something we need to talk about. And, um, you know, I don't know if the listeners have been able to hear this, but what's really so extreme about this, right, is that do either you, or do you all know what the, what the price tag is if you take the grant of rights and the other contractual agreements that are in there that it would cost Florida State to leave the ACC? Because they, they spell it out in the lawsuit. It's $572 million. Right. And that's grant of rights, but there's also separate, and this is another part of the litigation, there's this just set $130 million withdrawal fee, okay? 
Now, what Florida State did that I will I'll give some credit. I mean, I, I know one of the lawyers that's representing Florida State in this, John Londot, rock star lawyer. Um, the judge is, is Judge Cooper. Judge Cooper's phenomenal over there. Probably the biggest case of my career was the uh, carbon monoxide poisoning of an FSU uh, PhD student that I represented. But what I can tell you is Judge Cooper teased me all the time because he knew I went to Florida undergrad and for law school. This guy's a big-time Seminole fan. And what's interesting about this lawsuit, it's currently styled as a declaratory judgment. And what's interesting about that is you don't get a jury, you go to the judge, right? So Florida State's in a venue they would love to have, Leon County, and they've got a judge. Now, I believe Judge Cooper's fair. He would do what's right all of the time. But if we're all going to go pick a judge to decide this, we probably want a Florida State fan, right? Now, I don't think the ACC is going to settle for that. I just looked in the docket. There was an amended complaint that was filed on January the 30th. There hasn't been a response to it. Hmm. I would anticipate the, the upcoming response are going to deal with the venue, <laughs> where they're at, trying to get things moved out. So the ACC has not answered yet. But, uh, you know, this is like a 38-page complaint. But I, I just want to read two paragraphs to you because it's the heart of what Florida State's arguing. And okay. I think every sports fan will agree with it. But then we'll talk about what's tough about this legally, right? So in their paragraph 13, they say, In the past two decades, in contrast to the ACC, the SEC and the Big Ten have aggressively and repeatedly negotiated increasingly more lucrative media rights agreements generating substantial revenues for their members without locking them into much longer-term media agreements like the ACC negotiated. The SEC and Big Ten today are considered the most powerful and fiscally sound collegiate athletic conferences in the United States. They said this was not always the case, and they went and point to an article that was written in a North Carolina newspaper where they talked about the decline of the ACC. So the argument that they're trying to say is like, look, we've got this onerous penalty that's been put up to us, but the ACC has let us, and, you know, and they're insinuating all the other members down because the deal that we cut hasn't been backed up in the market. These other people are getting you know, more money, right? And we all agree with that. But I don't believe this is a good winner argument here because Florida State, right? It, it, you know, we, we joke all the time. You guys know I'm a Gator, but man, Florida State's a phenomenal school. It's hard to get into, and the leaders there are all really bright. And nobody entered into this media rights agreement without all of the lawyers, uh, you know, entering into it and all that stuff. And you can be locked into a quote bad deal, right? So you've got to almost say, hey, I, it was procured by fraud or some of these other things happened to get us in there. Now, we need to look at the grant of rights. It is bizarre that they're requiring people to go up there. I read a couple of media reports, and one person who had seen it had said that they thought, from a legal attack point, that it would be hard to do because they said it was very short and straightforward. You know, a lot of times, to successfully invalidate a contract, you want big contracts that are inconsistent with, them, with, them, with themselves. But obviously, you can't really render an opinion in this case without looking at it. It's a horrible deal, okay? The ACC is going to fight like you have never seen for this because they've got to do it 
to keep the con, you know, to keep here the conference in place. And what's interesting is I'm sure that the response, right, from the conference is going to go, no, you know why this grant of rights is so important and, and was legally valid? Look, we're still standing in the modern landscape, right, of college football because we've been able to keep our conference together. And so they're going to say it's not a bad deal. And they're going to say, hey, when we entered into it, nobody knew exactly what the amounts of media rights would be, you know, at that given time. So the ACC is going to sort of fight to the death. I give Florida State a lot of credit because they're the only ones with the courage to take this on. Because Brett, I'm going to tell you, Brett, tell you talk, that Miami and Clemson are rooting, you know, for yeah, them. Let me tell you. So how is it going to end? My question is, in your opinion, will FSU this lawsuit against the ACC – and the ACC's countersuit, will it settle? Will somebody win? Will they get out of the league because of this? I believe this is going to take two to three years to resolve, right? Um, I think ultimately there's probably going to be uh, Florida State still paying a ton of money but trying to get a discount, you know, on it. Um, I think the ACC, though, could be in a tough position to just not want to, in any way, shape, or form, want to negotiate this because they know they're going to have to turn around and have this issue with Clemson, with Miami, you know, with anybody else. So there is the potential. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of posturing to get this in a different venue. Once we get that posturing done, then you have to, they, they may say, hey, you know, what if we could go forward? I mean, the ACC may want to try to go prevail and find it. You know, FSU's, what they've sued for is to ask for a judge, not a jury, to invalidate this, okay? Mm-hmm. Even if you lose, you're then going to go and appeal it. So I don't see the litigation part of that playing out anytime soon. I see this going on for a while. If there was going to be a result to it, the ACC is still going to want a ton of a boatload of money. And I feel like if you had to go litigate it at the end of the day, assuming you could get it out of Tallahassee and Leon County, I think that most likely the ACC will prevail on the grant of rights. So in, so in 2028, you think FSU will still be in the Atlantic Coast Conference? Uh, no, but I think they're going to pay a lot of money to okay, get out. Okay, so and that, and that may be the answer. The answer might be right. – they 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 lose the legal battle, but somehow come up with the five hundred million dollars or whatever the number is. That could be the way to end. I think you might want to get this to the courthouse steps. I think the ACC to save face is still going to want there to be a ton of money paid, right? Right. right. But they have some risk because guess what? What if it gets invalidated? Clemson, Miami, some other you know teams that they'd want are going to immediately walk right if it were to be invalidated. So I think. What Florida State's going to do is maybe spend two million dollars litigating this, and maybe get thirty, forty million dollars off the price tag, and then move on. You know, and then once that's out, then you might see the other teams saying, "Okay, they're they're they're, they're saying, hey, you know, we we didn't immediately grant them anything. They still paid a ton of money. You've got to pay us a ton of money as well." So. That's how I would see it playing out. Interesting stuff. Uh, Brett Hastings from the Hastings Injury Law Firm. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe they get out, but it costs them a bunch of money, and then we see who's who else is willing to spend that kind of money. Brett, great work as always, man. Good to hear from you. You got it. Take care. All right, Brett Hastings. That is Sports and Courts from the Hastings Injury Law Firm. Back in a moment. Stay with us. 
The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Was sitting all alone over on the tailgate, tan legs swinging by a Georgia plate. I was looking for her boyfriend, thinking, no, she ain't got one. This song will be played again by Luke Bryan. There's a reason we're playing Luke Bryan today. We've got our second pair of tickets to give away to go see him Thursday, June 13th at Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Tickets are not even on sale yet. You can buy them at Friday morning at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Be caller number three at 641-1010. Call number three, 641-1010. You win our second pair of tickets. We've got one more pair. What a good day of giveaways, Frank, between the Sunday player tickets, the taco gift ticket, and three pairs of tickets to see Luke Bryan. All kind of fun stuff. Uh, so there you go. Luke Bryan coming to town. Frangie and Carlion. Brooks and R.J. Saunders with you, and we're giving away one more pair later on, right? That's right. One more Brooks boots continues along. Um, so Billy Napier spoke today during his uh, during his signing day stuff. Look, here's my concern about it. If he wants to keep calling plays, fine. The offense got way better. Uh, he hired a special teams coordinator, uh, which is good. He hired uh, sort of this Ray Roberts guy, who's the mentor to uh, Austin Armstrong, his his coordinator. So he's trying to make changes there. Um, here's my concern, Hayes. He said today Russ Calloway, an offensive assistant, will have his responsibilities change, obligations change, and there will be some – they will split up duties differently. I don't have the quote in front of me. You probably do, but I don't have the quote. But, he, but essentially they're going to split up. With regard to play calling, there's going to be some changes. Okay. I think, and this is one of the things, and I like Billy Napier. I'm a Napier fan, but this is one of the things that bothers me. Just say it. Whatever it is, just say it. Hey, Russ Calloway's calling plays this year, or uh, Russ Calloway's going to be involved in the play calling with me this year. I'm going to share that. And both offensive line guys are coming back, and that's what we're doing. I almost think. He's one of these old school coaches that talks in circles sometimes. You get that vibe? Uh, he talks in circles like I mean, it's like the Olympic Games with him. Everything's yeah. a circle. I, I, I mean, it's 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 like when I see the Olympic logo, yeah. I think Billy Napier. Yeah. Because it's I mean, his his opening comment, he's he's asked about the offense well into the press conference. And he says, We're in the process of defining those roles that's, that's- is what I would say. And I think we're working our way through that. It's February seventh. Yeah, yeah, but but you haven't played a game yeah. since Thanksgiving, Billy. Yeah, yeah and, and right, and not a, correct. And you don't need to find roles and work work your way through it. Here's the role: who calls the plays and who doesn't? Isn't that the role? I mean, yeah. I, guess, I guess that's the. And again, I don't care how he does it, but we're def- you said it better. I, I paraphrase. Hayes gave you the quotes. We're defining those roles and working our way through it. To your point, I mean, now, th- this is an answer you would give a day after the season ends. Correct, and and not look, a month before spring practice opens. And and maybe he made overtures to some real coordinators, which is what you've heard, what you hear, you hear in the grapevine, that 
But then just say that. Yeah, you know, I just, I just, I, that my frustration with this is that kind of the, the read the quote again. Well, then it gets worse. But just read the but, but, but <laughs> read the sure quote. Does. So uh, before it gets worse, okay. read the quote again. So he's asked about the play offensive calling. play calling, potential changes, and and what tweaks have been made already. And he says we're in the process of defining those roles. Is what I would say. I think we're working our way through that. Okay, even before you get to the worse. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, what do we? Right. Do? I mean, just yeah. just Billy, just Billy, go up to Billy, right. say. I'm not calling the plays next right. year. Russ is, or Russ and I are going to call them together. I can live with that. Right. I can live. Russ and I are going to both call them. Right. Anyway, yeah. So it, so after speaking for a long, long time, because as we've pointed out, like everything with Billy Napier has to be like something out of like a Cicero speech or something Socrates would have said. It can't just be a simple answer. It's got to be a soliloquy of five minutes. Uh, he's finally asked the follow-up on if he foresees any major changes offensively because he hasn't answered the question. And he says, I think, yeah, ultimately we're not. Again, that's all to be determined is what I would say. You know, I think we've got time to figure those things out. Uh, but, I mean, I don't see any major overhauls outside of just how we organize that group and how we operate in-house. So just say – I'm calling the or whatever to your point, whatever it's going to be. He's going to call the plays. He just doesn't want to tell Gator fans that yet. <laughs> but he kind of did without I mean, doing it, you know. Yeah, I mean, so uh, it, it's just that that is why again the message gets so lost with him and the fan base. And I uh, yeah, I, I can't speak to what kind of communicator he is, you know, in meetings and uh, with his team and things like that. I have no idea. Uh, He's a disaster in press conferences. I mean, he's just an absolute disaster in terms of trying to get his message out. Uh, you feel dumber having watched it. <laughs> and if you're a Gators fan, you have far little confidence. Whatever confidence you had going into the press conference <laughs> has been shaken. I guess the only positive I'll say from today's press conference is it seems like the NIL is going in the right direction. And it, it did take them a while, around 18 months, to get that figured out. But, yeah, as far as the offense, Billy Napier doesn't want to answer the question. Yeah, That's the bottom line. And That's I why thought, he talks in And I thought him being a play caller probably made a lot of the other stuff dysfunctional, which is one of the main reasons I wanted to see him turn over the play calling. But the offensive play calling wasn't terrible. That wasn't the thing. It wasn't that the play calling was terrible. It was just that the – the, I mean, he has no knack. Yeah, he doesn't have a knack. He doesn't have an. I told. I, I totally agree. But just, just, just say I'm calling the plays again. Next question. Uh, right. Bill, Bill was. Uh, I was a play call before. I'm calling him next year. Um, next. That's. A, you can answer it in four words. I, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm the play caller. Looking at the transcript, <laughs> none of the answers are inside of fifty words. I'm the play I mean, caller. They all become this litany of. T- talking in circles and what is this was a thousand words to say really nothing and and I don't even get a sense that he's trying to hide things I just think it's how he communicates I just don't think he's overly strong at doing it um but uh I mean the only thing that he answered with any kind of clarity uh and brevity was he was asked about Graham Mertz uh, and he said he's going to be ready for spring. He was like, I, I don't know about the other guys. That'll, that will have to give you an update as we get closer to spring. But he said Graham Mertz will be ready for spring practice. Uh, and then he was asked about the contracts of uh, – they had four assistants that were on staff that contracts expired. 
and he did say we're in the process of 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 getting that straightened out. So basically, they're going to be back. Um, but and look, I get it. When you're asked about Jaden Rashada, I mean, there's not much he can add to that. That's right. Um, but uh, but it's just, it's just he he just cannot communicate his direction for the program right. in any kind of concise manner at all. That, I think one of the things I'm most surprised about with him, I'll, I'll tell you what I've told you. If he has enough time, I think he will build a good program. I think he's going to have good players there. Whether he's a good sideline coach, I don't know. But I think, he's, I think he could get good players. Yes, he's got to get better at the portal. But I think part of being the portal is, is being good enough that people want to come to you. And, and I'll give him credit. He acknowledged yeah. that. He said, uh, you know, we need the on-field to start helping us more yeah. in recruiting. Yeah. I, I don't – if he ever can win – He'll build unbelievable rosters. Yeah. He said this. He thinks this will be think, their so. most talented team. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I, I think it will be his most talented and I think, team. And I think if he can win, he'll be a good recruiter and he'll get good players. I, I really believe that, dude. What you just said. I, I think that's so, so. I'm not. I'm nothing. Was surprised. The two things that surprised me the most about him. The two negative things that surprised me. Number one is they didn't seem organized, and he seems to be a bastion of organization. But they didn't look that way in the field. They looked disorganized and dysfunctional. And number two how eloquent he's not in those press conferences. You would think a guy that's been around football as long as he has, been around as many old-school football. I mean, he was with Dabo. You know, Dabo's good in the press conference, you know. Now, your personality might be different, but I, w- I would think, you know, he's been around veteran football coaches. I would have thought there'd be more. So, anyway, my, my whole point was the whole talking in circles about, well, again, the, the first thing you said about the, the roles are being defined and we're working our way through this. I mean, it's it's February. You haven't played since November, so if you go from November to February and you're still working your way through it, you know maybe someone just say, "Billy, you haven't played since November. Why is it taking so long to get through it?" I, I, have you? I would have. Yeah. I mean, have you offered the? Did you offer a coordinator job to somebody who didn't take it? I, I would ask that question and make Billy say, "Yeah, no, yes, Billy, but are you answer, calling we're the plays?" Working through that process. Yeah. Did anybody ask him, "Are you calling the plays?" Well, they said, "Is there going to be a change in play calls?" Yeah, and, I, guess I mean, they, I guess they did. And and then it's like he's asked on the special teams unit if it's coordinated by one guy now during games or if it's a collective effort. Seems pretty straightforward. He says, "Of course," because he begins every answer with "Yeah, no." Why? I have no idea. Why? Well, I don't know what that is. Yeah. yeah, no. That well, first off, it's it contradicts itself. So it's so like they're what, saying they're opposite. I mean, why don't you just? It just yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but. Um, so it, he gives us the, yeah, no. So take a drink. Uh, and then he says, I think it's much like we've talked before. Majority of that work is done during the week. And I think each year it's a little bit different is what I would say. We're a long way from playing a game, a lot of work to be done between now and then. So it's clearly didn't answer So it's like, question. do you just not have a, a, I mean, obviously he has, he knows what he's going to do. I think he has a plan, but it's like, but you've got to understand where you're coming from. You've had two losing seasons here. There are people that think you're a bumbling idiot. Now, you're probably not a bumbling idiot, but that is the perception of you is that too many people think that you're a moron. And this doesn't help that. Like, I mean, these are not hard questions. This would not have been hard to get him somewhat prepared for the questions he was asked about today. Yeah, I mean, frankly, you've had months. And, and the fact that it's so meandering it, it it just makes – it's like, what is going on? I mean, wh- why is it so hard for him to even give you a satisfactory performance 
in a press conference. And look, look, if he starts winning a bunch of games, he can get up in, on a press conference and talk for 20 minutes without me learning anything, and that's fine. But that's not where we're at. We're at a coach that is struggling on the field and is struggling to communicate to his fan base and, what the plan is. And here's what's going to happen. The reality is this. Again, I, I'm, I'm not as down on him as others, but they are not going to win a lot of games next year because of the brutal schedule. They're, they're not. There's, other, than, other than Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, most teams with that schedule next year is going to lose four, five, six games. Mo- most teams, not just Florida. If you, if you took that exact schedule. If Georgia played that schedule, I'd have them going 10 and 2. Yeah, correct. And if, if you, that's right. And, so, and, and that would be the best. Yeah, and you, so if you I take, mean, I wouldn't have Ohio State 11 and 1. But if you take Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, whoever else off, that, off, off the docket, anybody playing that schedule next year would lose five or six games. So they're going to lose a bunch of games. And that, that's just reality. It's just a crazy hard schedule. It's just crazy hard. And so, and so he's probably not coming back, which is what makes this whole thing so weird. Dude, throw caution win, let it fly, you know, so it'll be interesting. But well, we are who we are, and I think what, no, you're I, right. what I wonder is how can he communicate differently to players and recruits than he does in press conferences? But, but, but you know what? I think he does. I, I, I think, agree. I think, I think he's – look. There's a side to him that he's never allowed Gator fans to see, right. which here, I think is a big mistake. And, here, and by the way, here's one thing I can tell you. You saw it when you saw him in the the, uh, the, practice the practice facility. He's a wonderfully nice guy. He's a wonderful. The reason he's such a good recruiter is again what what what's ruined the not ruined what made the recruiting harder is a the portal b losing on the field. But the reason he's such a wonderfully good recruiter is everybody wants to be near the guy. Parents and coaches and handlers and players. So. He's really a good guy, but I think he's guarded and doesn't know what to say and insecure and doesn't want to say the wrong thing. So he's trying to talk through it and to be coach speak. And, you know, you know, I think he's trying to – my guess is if you're sitting there having a beer with a guy, he's not like that at all. Right. My guess is he's a regular guy and, and talks about regular life. And so – but uh, anyway, this press conference is – again, I saw it and I agree with you. Let's take a break. One hour to go. Uh, this is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On The Frangie Show. Frankie Hayes, Carlion, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you. You like game day? Watch your game day? Not so much anymore, but I am excited that uh, about their new addition. You watch game day? I do more in the beginning of the season, and then if my team doesn't play so well, I lose interest. You? Not anymore. Um, I don't have anything against it. I think maybe my attention span just different. I than it once was. Well, and both of you travel sometimes on Saturday, so that puts a wrench in. Yeah, that's it. part of it too. Um, but I, I just don't. I don't look. I thought the preview shows were all the rage. Like I, I, I hosted a lot of them on CSS. Remember old Comcast Sports Southeast, mm-hmm. and hosted them on on Sunshine Sports and Sunspot. I did national ones and and regional ones and and so uh, and state ones. So I, I, I thought when they when they came about in the mid nineties. 
when it, when they really kind of took off and in the 2000s. But I, I think there's so many of them now. I, I think they do a great job. And I think game day is a fantastic job. I'm a big game day. I'm a big fan of what it was. I just don't know that it resonates for me as much anymore because I, I don't know that I, and there's so much information out there. I don't know that I'm learning much anymore from game day. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, they've hired Nick Saban. What do you think about that? Love it. I mean, I think it's uh it's a coup for ESPN and for college game day. Cause who isn't going to, I tell you this, I'll be watching the first time he's on it yeah. just to see how it goes. And I, I mean, obviously he's a brilliant man. So his insights into the game are going to be exceptional. Uh, and he's, he's fun. You know, he's got a good sense of humor and I, I, I think this Avenue will allow him to, to display that. So I, I think it's a fantastic move for college game day. I'm kind of surprised he wants to do it. Because I would think he's got so many other interests, and I mean he's he's worked for so long. I would think that you know, but but if it if it's something Nick Nick wants to do, which obviously he does, I think it'll be a fantastic marriage for all parties. Yeah, I'm guessing that they're going to be phasing out Lee Corso at some point in time, just because he's reached that time in his life where he probably wants to relax on the weekend. And I think Saban, not that he's been doing that much analyzing, but still, I think Saban will be great. What I do think, Frank, is he will keep the other people on their toes. I mean, I think Kirk Herbstreit does a lot of research, and, and Desmond Howard probably does too. But when Nick Saban's going to be talking about football teams, you better really know your stuff in order to keep up with him. What I wonder about is, will he, to the points you both made, will he be funny? Because he's got a wry sense of humor. Will he not be the the, the what – Nick Saban's greatest football coach, greatest college football coach of all time. And you're right. He's had a good sense of humor when, when he allowed that. But the personality, if, you, if, I, if I could ask you one – if you ask me one word that defines Nick Saban in press conferences or in media settings, I would say annoyed. He seems annoyed. Yeah, salty. He, he is so, salty. Yeah, salty, but just annoyed by it all. Well, he's, he can't be that way. You, I mean, you're paid you're, – you're, I mean, this, this is no longer – a necessary evil of your job. It is your job. It is to entertain is now your job. Now I, I I've seen him and you know when they get eliminated, so they bring him up for just a championship game or whatnot. He's been good, but I found myself thinking when I watch him then he was good, but I don't know that he'd be good the next week and the next week and the next week. Well now he's got to be good the next week. You know what I mean? So will he be? There's no question he'll give you what I what I would want him to do is not just give me analysis, but give me stories of how the analysis is in play. Don't just say, I think what they should do is play cover two robber. What I'd rather him say is, I think they should play cover two robber like we did against LSU in 09 when we baited Matt Mock into three. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you like to see that from a guy like that? Yeah, and and I would think that that's what it's going to be is incredibly detailed. And in terms of previewing the matchups, obviously, I don't don't see anywhere in this that he's calling a game live. But in terms of of previewing matchups – Oh, I think it's going to be brilliant to to hear what he has to say about, you know, what does Auburn have to do against LSU? What does Florida have to do against Tennessee? You know, all that stuff. And I, Adam Schefter also uh, tweets that Saban's also going to be part of their NFL draft coverage and uh, SEC Media Days coverage, which is great. So, I mean, this is this must be a, quite a commitment for Nick Saban. So, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that uh, ESPN is shelling out big money for this. you got to believe that. You know who this is good news for as far as the landscape of Alabama? 
Kalen DeBoer. Nick Saban just got a lot busier, so he's not going to be in Kalen DeBoer's office. Yeah, because that, that's not a good. I think Hazier the one said, "I agree." That's not a great thing. No, to have him, to have him around. Listen, Kalen DeBoer's got the hardest job in the world anyway. He's still somebody had to be the guy that followed Nick, and he's now going to be the guy that does it. But it's not going to be an, uh, an easy job either way. All right, some other things going on in the world of sports. Rex Ryan back coaching. Does that surprise you? Is that official? Well, no, no, no. no. Uh, let me just rephrase. that he let me, wants to. Let me to, rephrase that. Yeah. He's, there, he's is being talked about. Right. He might be the coordinator of the Cowboys. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I think Rex is, has always wanted to get back in. And, um, you know, so I, I you know, I, I, if Dallas elects to hire him, um, I'd be a little surprised yeah. on their end. But I, I totally see Rex Ryan wanting to continue his coaching career. Y'all never watch ESPN Sunday Countdown, NFL Sunday Countdown, really. right? I would not hire that person. Yeah. I, think, I think he's bombastic. Uh, his teeth are the whitest teeth you will ever <laughs> see on the history yeah. of the planet. But I, I just don't know that he's a fit for a defensive coordinator See, I, th- I don't know that he's not good, but he almost became sort of a caricature. And that's what I'm saying. More, yeah. more and I, I, a character. I agree with you. Yeah. More of a more of a, a character of himself. I was going to say more of a character. Uh, yeah, so I'm 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 not I'm, that doesn't mean he won't be good at it, but I'm surprised a little bit that I'm Hayes. I'm not surprised that he, to your point that he wants back in the game. I'm surprised that he might be getting back into the game. I, I guess that's the yeah. Point. That surprises me too to replace Dan Quinn, who now is the Commanders head coach. Completely different personalities. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So um, interesting. Uh, Mike Caldwell, Lauren got a gig. He did. He's going to work for Antonio Pierce, the new Raiders head coach who was promoted from interim to head coach, and he'll be the run game coordinator and linebackers coach, and I think he'll do a great job. He may have been you know, a step early in the defensive as a defensive coordinator, but I think as a linebackers coach, he's really good. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad for Mike. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, – um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the Raiders will be. I, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement for them, and, uh, you know, Antonio Pierce has already gotten everybody to buy into him, so – Obviously, that's a, a brutally difficult division that just got harder with uh, Harbaugh's arrival in uh, L.A. But but the AFC West, I mean, that is going to be uh, that's going to be an unbelievable battle uh, for second, yeah, third, and fourth. Yeah, it is. I think we can assume Kansas City is going to maintain supremacy, but uh, but it will be really interesting to see how good the uh, Chargers, Raiders, and uh, um, Broncos are. One other thing. Can I give you a random stat? You like random stats? I do. That I, I just saw this, but it's one that gave me some joy. If it's random and if you got random and That's joy in, in, the, in the same combination, same yeah. And maybe I knew this, but I didn't know this. In three year or four years of college, and fifteen years or however many he played in the NFL. Do you know Peyton Manning has a win against? Every football team he at least one win against every football team he ever faced, but one. Wow, I did not know that. Every team he ever played against, he has a win against, except one. Wow, did you know that? No. But you know who the one is. I'm gonna guess it's Jacksonville. No, keep guessing. That's why the only reason I thought you would have seen it. In college and pro. Oh, Florida, right. Got it. And, of course, he beat the Jags. The, he never – I knew he never beat the Gators. Right. But I didn't know he that beat he beat – that, that Every other so, – so if you if – if Tennessee only played him one time, like it was a non-conference game, he beat him. Right. 
If they played him more than one, they beat him. He beat him at least. Did he beat Alabama? He must, must have. have. He must have. They weren't that good. Though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're in in the '90s. They were just. I mean, okay. Tennessee only had one albatross, yeah, and it was the Gators. And his in the the I former mean, the former Vols only had one albatross. Yeah, and um, really, he beat every team. I just saw that today. That is really interesting. It was random and gave me joy. Yeah, and and I I mean, it, the Colts were obviously so good for yeah. and and when he went to Denver, they were really good. So it makes sense that he and, would and have it, at least one. Now there could be like a one in. Four in there yeah, or something, that's, but, that's it, right. but he has the one. And it yeah. could be so. some. There could be some NFL teams he didn't face, right? You know, you know, because he was AFC the whole time. So there might have been an NFC team he didn't face, but of the ones he faced, how about that? I was thinking only pro, but I was like, that has to. I can't be right. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting. Stuff. All right, we'll take a break. More in a moment. This is ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on ten ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. Did you guys know that Ann Wilson was here at the Florida Theater about a month ago and had somebody else singing lead? She's she's obviously the guitarist. Oh, Nancy Wilson was here. Which one plays the guitar? Nancy. Ann's the brunette singer, and Nancy's the redhead guitarist, right? Okay, then maybe I got it wrong. I think Ann was here. Huh. Anyway. Okay. And anyway, I heard that I, I, I may have it. So only one of them was. But here. half of Heart was here, and I heard it was a fantastic <laughs> show. Not bad. I heard it was. I heard it was a really, really good show. I thought it was Anna was here. Anyway, so I heard it was a fantastic. Heard it was a fantastic show. So, uh, you like Heart? I do. I like Heart. Heart was actually one of the first records that I bought. I was like eight years old, and it was the record that uh, like These Dreams is on. It's this was like in the mid '80s, so this was long after they did Barracuda. But uh, but yeah, I've, I've always liked Hart. Oh, Ann Wilson is the lead singer. Nancy plays rhythm guitar. She also does some vocals. Well, he said that right. So, uh, but huh. anyway, well, Half Heart was here and I heard it was a really really good show. Speaking of uh, shows, did you see where? Did you see all the people reaching out to Toby Keith today on Twitter? I've seen a lot of it. I mean, Probably not I'm, all, but I've I seen mean, a lot. I, I say all. I didn't say all. Did you see all of them? But I mean, did you see how many? Did you see that there were a lot of? I yes, guess I there's, say yeah, there's been a plethora of them. Uh, I mean, not just. I mean, the whole country music industry, other entertainers, uh, people that were. I mean, athletes. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was really a lot of people reaching out. Um, I thought the best story of all, and I, I read them all or listened to them all. The coolest one for me was Stephen Colbert. Did you see that one? I did not. Did you see it, Hayes? Mm-mm. So Stephen Colbert said he was uh, – what's the show he did before he did the late-night show, the Colbert Report? On the, oh, yeah. It was kind of caustic and uh-huh. political. And um, he said, so we had, I had him on. And it's really – and I'll get the story messed up. He said, but I had him on, and uh, um, and, I, and everyone, I thought it was, everyone thought I was going to kind of take him apart because I kind of had the tendency to do that back in the day. But for whatever reason, we hit it off. And we became really good friends, and and I, I toured some of his shows and went up on stage with him, and and then when he and then he talked about it last night. I won't get all the words right, but Stephen Colbert, as cynical and caustic as they come, almost kind of broken up talking about him. It was really cool. It was a it was a really cool thing. It was a really cool. I mean, Roger Clemens weighed in. Obviously, John Daly weighed in. It was a you know, it was just really it was a. I mean, I mean, it was amazing to me, and maybe it's just because of the people I follow on Twitter or mm-hmm. X or whatever, that 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 many people that I'm 
following, aware of, wait. I mean, it was a, uh, it was almost like Buffett. It was very similar to Buffett. Yes, I think more people than you would have realized had a profound impact, or Toby Keith made a profound impact on them. Uh, JJ Frank told a great story last night. He was in a bar in Ocala with a buddy one time. Yeah, his buddy's like six seven. And Toby Keith was there. And Toby Keith was in the bar. In the bar in Ocala, very intoxicated. Yeah. And to this point, Toby was only taking pictures with women, right? Okay, like right. saying no to all the guys. Well, so JJ and his buddy concocted a story where they pretended that the the big fellow, the, his friend, was a former Oklahoma football player because they knew Toby right. Keith loved Oklahoma football players, but he had to be like a non scholarship guy because he wouldn't remember him. Went up to the manager. The manager's like, why didn't you tell me that? Yeah. And so they got pictures of Toby <laughs> Keith because they, well, the buddy yeah. flat out lied. JJ just stood uh, there and got a picture with him. Well, and I did hear that when he was here for the military appreciation mm -hmm. that uh, Toby ran hard. He enjoyed himself. D did he yeah. ran? Did you hear the same thing that Toby after the show mm -hmm. ran very hard? But that's, I mean. Good for him. I've run hard yeah, myself a time or two. Yeah, that personifies a lot of people yeah, who I, work hard, play hard. I've run hard plenty myself. I'm not, last thing I'm going to do is criticize a guy that ran hard, so, so we did. Um, we haven't talked Super Bowl today. We've talked about it every other day, and we will the next two days coming up as well. I hope San Francisco wins, and I can only imagine the commercial opportunities that Brock Purdy is going to get. Doesn't have any now, right? I mean, all these quarterbacks have all these commercials. I don't think Brock, so. Brock Purdy's not a commercial, is he? I mean, I haven't seen him. Not before. that I've seen. I, I haven't seen him. I, Someone I, may cast him as Lee Harvey Oswald yeah, in a I movie. Yeah, I saw that. But, uh, but I, I, be I, good I, casting. <laughs> but I really do think, that goodness gracious, if they win, and they might win. I mean, this is a this one's. They're favored to win. They're, they're yeah. favored to win. I mean, this, roster's this, loaded. Yeah, I mean, loaded, loaded, and they know how to. Play. And he's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not just say this game manager stuff. That doesn't exist anymore, really. That the, the day of game manager is over. And so, uh, I mean, can you imagine the the endorsement opportunities that cat's going to have if they win that game? Yeah, I think there'll be a ton of them. But I wonder, Hayes, with Brock's personality, if he's more of like a. I'll do one, but I don't want to become this person who's overexposed because I think that's how a lot of people feel about his counterpart in the Super Bowl and certainly uh, Kelsey as well. But I think a lot of people feel like they are overexposed at this point in time. He could certainly take that viewpoint. Uh, my advice to him would be make some of that money back that you're not getting. Right. I mean, your rookie contract is obviously minuscule because he was Mr. Irrelevant. So he has he's not making a lot of money playing football compared to his colleagues and so you know I think the best business advice for Brock is look when you get to be when you hit your second deal and you're making you know if if, if your career plays out and you're making 40 million a year then yeah at that point if you don't want to do them don't do them but until you've made life-changing money don't turn any of this down if State Farm wants to offer you five million dollars as, as a pitch guy or whatever you know I mean I'm just that's the one that I see all the time with right. Mahomes whoever it whatever company it is don't turn that down because obviously you can schedule it to where it's really not going to interfere with football anyway and uh you know it, it just would be unfortunate if let's say you know they never get back there again he ends up you know kind of regressing a little bit he gets replaced I mean Make sure you've locked in as much generational wealth as you can. He hasn't even made life-changing money really for himself yet. He makes nine eighty-five this year. Yeah, so I mean, life of his contract about three million. So I, I you know, if if I was him, I would advise him: uh, do not say no.
<laughs> yeah, I I just think it's going to be he is he has been thrust to the forefront. See, Jalen Hurts was sort of, but Jalen Hurts kind of disappeared, didn't he? Was Jalen Hurts in many commercials? I don't remember many. You? Not that Not I'm aware of. Because he didn't win. Well, really, who is? I yeah. mean, it, yeah. Mahomes is like in Mahomes all of them. Kelsey. Josh yeah. Allen's in some. Kelsey's obviously in. Those two are in a bunch of them. Because um, I don't see Burrow. I don't either. I mean, um, used to see Baker Mayfield a couple yeah. years ago, but then that faded. And by the way, Baker Mayfield was phenomenal in the commercials. Yeah. He, it's a shame he wasn't a better player. Because he was the, the 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 campaign where where the Cleveland Stadium was his house, right? And his wife was in them. Those were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, he. But, so you're, you're that's a good point. Who else? I'm trying. I'm going through the league now. I mean, Dak Prescott isn't in no, a bunch he, of national he's in a, commercials. He's, oh, he's in a few. He, there's, there's well, a few. I guess that's true. He's had like chunky suit. Yeah, there, and, there's a few Dak. Yeah, there's but, a few. There's two. There's two or three Dak commercials. Um, uh, Burrow, but you're right. Burrow's not. Justin Herbert's in a few. Herbert is definitely in a few. So Herbert's in a few. he's head and shoulders. Dak's in a few. Um, I'm trying to go through all the prominent quarterbacks. But you're right about Burrow. He's, he doesn't show up in any of them, does he? And Rodgers was in the State Farm, and he found mm-hmm. yeah, but he was in, got but he, yeah, replaced. He was, but he was in. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. But I, I just think – I get this hunch that Brock – the whole Brock Purdy thing is just a cool story. I mean, he was the last pick in the draft. He went lower than Brady. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's just a cool story. A C.J. Beathard comp pick, yeah, yeah. led know, to reading that the, the on Monday in Peter King's story. I was like, we're the ones who did this. Yeah. We're the ones who yeah. helped the 49ers get out of the botched Trey Lance pick. Yeah, and by the way, the other thing too is if Kyle Shanahan gets a win, oh boy, people people are going to be talking about him too now. I mean, I mean Kyle Shanahan. I mean, again, he, I mean, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, I was reading the history of the. I don't, I'm not going to remember the coaches now, but the coaching rematches that we've had, we've had three of them. And I think the coach that had won the prior time won all three. Okay. Is that so right? history would go to say that Andy Reid defeats Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Well, you, who, I wonder who we, we've had Landry and Noel, obviously. Yeah. That was uh, Marv Levy and Jimmy Johnson. Yes. You would, you would think, yes. And Jimmy Johnson won. All right. Noel won both. Jimmy won both. What were the other ones? Um, well, Coughlin beat Bill Belichick Walt. twice. And that's, I think that's the other one. Yep, those oh, were the three. Coughlin beat Belichick. How about that? Good point. Take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the program. News and notes. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Before we get to news and notes, we have one pair of tickets to give away to go see Luke Bryan Thursday, June 13th at Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Nothing better though than a summer concert, especially when it comes to a country one. We call number four, 641-1010. Call number four, 641-1010. You win our final pair of tickets. And if you didn't win them, I'm so sorry, but you can buy them Friday morning, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. This song is called Rain is a Good Thing. There was a time in your life, Hayes, where you would sing along, Rain is a Good Thing. Rain is still a good thing. Absolutely. It just doesn't, like, save me money when it rains. <laughs> but that's remember, fine. Remember I still, all, I'm still pro-rain. <laughs> remember all those, he's just so mad it wouldn't rain. He was. Well, it, yeah. It's flushing money down the web. I've got six zones I've got to keep irrigated. <laughs> and, 
He's got zones he's got to worry about. It's unbelievable. You know what? You know what the guy's got to worry about? Zones. I come home from work and the blades are folded in on each other (laughs) and just might as well be holding up a sign saying, water me. It was awful. Hey, what's the matter? Zones. I'm upset about the zones. Six zones, that's a lot of zones. It was. It was a lot of money every time I had to run the sprinklers. So. (laughs) Uh, those days are uh, are over, but I'm still very much pro rain. It okay. just doesn't save me I money. Hate, I hate rain. You do. I don't mind rain overnight. I don't like rain you know like? messing up baseball softball tournaments. You know what I like? like next week. Sunshine. I do like sunshine, especially if it's going to be chilly. Guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to dive into news and notes, starting with the news for Jacks rom com. Bracket. Right, we never got to that today. Good. This would be their quarterfinals that we have reached. Okay. So fans have been voting online or, or uh, viewers have been voting online. So we have it okay. na- narrowed down to right. eight movies. Let and so fly. we've got quarterfinals. So the first quarterfinal, When Harry Met Sally versus Miss Congeniality. It's a mismatch. Yeah, Harry Met <laughs> Big mismatch. You're saying that's like a one versus a 16? That is. I agree with him. I think Sally has a triple double. Yeah, yeah. 17 points, 11 boards, 12 assists. I agree with him. The only thing I'll say is. I can't compete with that, but I just agree with it. The only thing I'll say is if the audience voting skews a little younger, not everyone has maybe watched When Harry Met Sally. Well, they should put that at the top of their list. The next one My Best Friend's Wedding versus Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, Two for, really good ones. Yeah, for me, it's, it's my best battle. friend's wedding simply because of the scene. Good morning, I wake up. Just because of that. I think it's a great. It's one of the funniest scenes. At the restaurant. Yeah, it's one of the funniest the scenes ever. I haven't seen either one of these movies, so I'll abstain. But I will say Sleepless in Seattle seems to be the one with the bigger I agree. following to me. But you know the scene. I, of course, know the, the scene. Fantastic. I've seen my best friend's wedding more than I've seen. I've seen Goonies and my best friend's wedding probably more than any other movie. Yeah. Uh I will say my best friend's wedding wins that one, but okay. I understand where you're coming yeah. from. Sleepless in Seattle is also really, really, really good. Well known, really well-known flick. Uh, but you've got not just Julia Roberts. You've got Cameron Diaz and some other big celebrities in my best friend's wedding. All right, the next quarterfinal, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days versus Pretty Woman. I mean. I'm embarrassed. Steven. Yeah. They're, they're, that's not even a one versus. <laughs> that is a one versus yeah. 16. I mean, pretty woman, pretty woman. Yeah, Julia Roberts just dropped fifty-one. Yeah, and even and even Gear got nineteen. <laughs> and finally, the wedding singer versus you've got mail. You've got mail for me. I think it's a bigger for deal. me. It would be the wedding singer, but I'm surprised it's in this. It is technically romantic yeah, comedy with comedy. Adam Sandler and yeah, Drew Barrymore, right. but it's so it's to me it's way more comedy yeah. than romantic comedy. So I to agree. me, it's. I'm not sure it belongs in the in this genre, but right. I love the movie. And you got you've got mail to me was I I, I didn't love that movie, so okay. I, I I would go wedding singer. Interesting. All right. Well, what we've narrowed it down to is most likely when Harry met Sally moves on to face either my best friend's wedding or Sleepless in Seattle. That'll be one of the semifinals. Uh, so you could have Meg Ryan and going head to head with herself, and then on the other side of the bracket. You've got Pretty Woman going up against probably You've Got Mail. Uh, so, yeah. Sleeper pick would have been Sweet Home Alabama for me. That's a good one. I really like Sweet Home Alabama. That's a great movie. And they did a an entire bracket. I don't know if that one even made it in. But there you go. Those are uh, Frank and Hayes' selections for uh, what advances in the mm. Channel 4 online rom-com bracket. I thought it was fun. 
All right, let's get into Andy Reid's comments about Kadarius Toney because there's a lot of speculation on whether or not he will play. If you're the 49ers, you have to you know, try and figure out if you have to prepare for him or not. He, of course, has missed six games in a row. He did not play in the AFC Championship game, and today Reid said, we'll see how it goes. I'm guessing he won't play. I would have him up, Hayes, even for a handful of plays because when he's because he can do things other guys can't do. But he's so dysfunctional, he doesn't do them very regularly. But uh, in a game of this magnitude, I'd have him up. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go the other way. I, I think he's been an albatross for them for most of the year. He is an exciting playmaker, but he's so unreliable. I, I, I can't get it out of my – he can't even line up. He doesn't even know what the line of scrimmage is. So I, he's just made so many mistakes for them. I, I, I would not have him up. I, honestly, I wouldn't have even taken him. I would have just – at this point, probably cut him, uh, particularly after he, you know, basically said, "I'm not injured. They just don't want to play me." Uh, so I, I'm, su- I'm kind of surprised they even took him to Vegas. Mm-hmm. But there, and I would absolutely not put him out there. Yeah, I probably wouldn't put him out there, but I think I would make him active just to confuse the 49ers. Frank, what did you think of the news yesterday about this new app between ESPN, Fox Sports, and Warner Brothers, TNT, TBS, and other networks? I don't think it's going to have a big impact. I think what you're trying to do is it's more people in the streaming world trying to get folks to pay money to watch sports stuff. And I just I, – I think there's enough of that already. Um, you'll have to see what's on it, Hayes. I think, I think the key is, you know, you never know – you never know the answer to the question like that until you know what content they're providing. What are they going to load on it? But I, I don't sense it's going to drastically change the way we watch sports. Can you imagine where we're going to be in 10 years? It's going to be radically different. I mean, in terms of how you consume sports uh, as a fan watching it in, in the outlets that you use. And uh, um, so it will really be unbelievable to see how technology uh, advances, but also how uh, what broadcasting entities become the giants. And it, it does feel like you're starting to see a, a transition. And so uh, yeah, I, it it all comes down to when whenever you're trying to get people to you know pay a subscription for something, it all is going to come down to the content that you can provide, which is why it's a great time to be an owner in pro sports because you used to just have three or four companies mm-hmm. angling. Now you're going to have uh, many more. Yeah, you have a ton of competition, absolutely, and they'll offer a wide variety of sports, but they won't offer all of it. And so that's where I think some people, Frank, are still going to spend money on the ticket, whether it's Major League Baseball or the NBA, whatever it ends up being, whatever their sport is, or all of them if they so desire. But that's the, the difference is most sports fans, I think, will be happy with the offering that they'll have. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. Reminder that tomorrow night, the Hall of Fame class, the NFL Hall of Fame class of 2024 will be announced, so we will find out yeah. whether or not Fred Taylor is one of the few. You think Fred's going in tomorrow? I don't. I, I think he should, um, but I don't feel the momentum uh, is is as strong as I was hoping it might be. Uh, again, could be wrong, and we'll see what the voting block decides. Uh, so I I'm hopeful he will be in, but if I had to bet one way or another, I would say that he does not get in. Yeah, me too. And I, I'm I'm incredulous a bit that the only running back in the field isn't getting in as good as he was. And I hope I'm dead wrong, but my gut doesn't tell me he's in, and I hope I'm completely wrong. 
My gut tells me he's not in yet either, but it, yeah, maybe yeah, next year. And I'm with you on the yet. Like it, it does feel yeah, like yeah. there's been a ton of, obviously, to get to the 15 semifinalists is a good movement. I'm with you on the yet. But I, I do feel like he's certainly inching closer. But yeah, I just I don't get the feeling, but I certainly hope uh, we are wrong. Hayes, do you know what a Urus Performante is? And I might be butchering that. I name. do not. Okay. Well, it's a Lamborghini worth about $270,000. Oh, yeah. Carson Beck's new ride. And that is Carson Beck's new ride. What did you think when you saw that? Yeah. Well, Denny talked to us about it yesterday, and uh, it, really it was interesting. You don't normally hear about a car being uh, an investment, uh, but that's what this is. Uh, this car, when it's uh, it, it, it appreciates in value, so... Uh, Good for Carson Beck, you know, enjoy it. You've earned it. Um, it's a different world in collegiate athletics. So uh, he's making a lot of money from name, image, and likeness to come back to Georgia. And uh, good for him for taking advantage of it. But I, I thought it was cool that, that Denny provided that context of, look, this isn't, you know, we all know that usually your, your car is going to depreciate greatly in value the second you purchase it and drive it off the lot. Uh, so I, did, I was not aware that a car – of of this quality yeah, I didn't know that will actually appreciate but he was showing us the the figures so i think carson paid yeah right 270 300 for it something like that and uh there's used ones out there for like 400 500 grand oh wow well then that is a good investment i must have been shopping for dinner when y'all had that conversation pretty amazing stuff pretty amazing. yeah yeah we did Danny, we kind of laid it all out for us but yeah hey good for carson Beck. he's earned Absolutely. that listen i said this yesterday i'll say it again lauren that dude was patient he didn't leave, man. Everybody leaves. I'm not starting. If I'm not starting, I'm departing. That, that's that, that's always what it is. And he didn't. He said, no, I'm going to stay, and I'm going to stay again, and I'm going to wait my turn, and, and I'm going to come back again. And that guy, the, the Georgia fans call themselves damn good dogs. The, mm -hmm. that, that's a big phrase in the Georgia the the Georgia Bulldog world is damn good. He's a damn good dog. I would think that I don't think I can say that because I'm not one, but I think, I think you have to be a Georgia fan to be able to label someone a damn good dog. But I would say they're they're gonna he's gonna be for a lifelong damn good dog. Especially if they win it all this yeah. season. Well uh, then especially is right. Yeah, no surprise here. Jose Altuve will finish his career with the Houston Astros. Five year, hundred and twenty five million dollar contract. I hate that he was involved in the cheating thing. I think he's a terrific player. I think he's a terrific player. I think he's terrific for the sport. I think he plays hard. What is he, five six maybe? Five six, five five seven, five six maybe. And defied I would all the say odds. Five, six. And what's that? I would say five six. And he defied all the odds and just a fantastic player. And, and again, I hate that he was involved in the. And if he really did cheat, if he if he had a buzzer on him, and it's why they wouldn't let him take his shirt off. I hate that, or why he wouldn't let him take his shirt off. But I I, I tell you what, I sure like watching him play. And I uh, and I hate that the Astros became the the um, poster child for cheating, because they'd be a fun team to have liked otherwise. Who didn't like Dusty Baker? You know, who didn't appreciate Altuve and Correa and the guys they had there? So, but yeah, I'm 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 kind of an Altuve fan, no matter what happened or didn't happen. And finally, we'll be at JU tomorrow for some hoops, some men's basketball. That'll be a whole heck of a lot of fun. JU plays host to Central Arkansas. That tips off at 7 p.m. across town. UNF plays host to North Alabama tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, UNF having a good season. A little hiccup here or there, but a damn good season for UNF. And Ju's got to get it going. This is the time now, Hayes, for Ju. Now it's been a tough start in the league. One and six, I think they are. They're now two and seven. They're two. I'm sorry, they're two and seven. They started one and six. They're now two and seven in the league. But now they have three of the last five at home, or five of the last seven at home, Hayes, including the last three. So if you're ever going to make a run, hopefully Bryce, hopefully Bryce Workman's back. I'm hoping he can play tomorrow. 
And hopefully this will be the time when JU makes that run. They, they've got to do it now. They're, as you guys said, 2-7. and seven. What's concerning, they're two games back of a litany of teams, right. uh, but, but two games back in, in trying to get out of that bottom two to qualify for the conference tournament. Yeah, love some local hoops, so that'll be a lot of fun. And, and yeah, they've got some work to do, but uh, like you said, Frank, hopefully Bryce Workman can play. And they, they put up a valiant effort like we talked about on Monday. They overcame a 14-point deficit, yeah. uh, but just fell to Lipscomb 84-82. Yeah, dug themselves a little bit too big of a hole. But we love going out there. They like said that before, whether it's JU or the UNF, some of the most fun shows we do. We're so welcomed by both athletic departments and both athletic directors and the coaches and we really do love getting out there, and, and so I think we're looking forward to it. By the pleasure. way, college baseball is not this weekend, but next weekend. You know what I saw on Baseball America's site? The projected 64-team tournament. They haven't played yet. Wow. I saw the, I saw the, the, the baseball version of Joe Lenardi's 64 teams. Where were uh, the Gators? Uh, seated fourth overall seed. So, uh, but uh, isn't that funny? Wake That's Forest amazing. first overall seed. I did see Wake Forest is projected to be just number They're one. They're supposed to be like really good. Really good, They're yeah. Really good. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. You know, you know, we talked about Carson Beck. I could see Ballou in a Lamborghini. Hell yeah. Tooling around the mean streets of Bartram. You think late at night, huh? People mm-hmm. know that was blue coming, bright lights. A lot of gangs in that part of, <laughs> of, of the bill. We're coiling on the other side of the tracks. It's no question. Now they've taken down all the trees on Phillips <laughs> Highway. It's like you try to doze off, grab a nap. There's no chance. <laughs> Papa Joe Shivago, those damn trains are all over the place. I'm like, I'm like, Papa Joe, can you imagine what the traffic would be like in Chicago if there weren't all these trains? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. But yeah. Oh, how about you, that? Buddy? How about a kid, man? 300K for a Lamborghini? Wouldn't it be great? Good for him. He waited his turn. You know that? Yeah, God I, bless when him. I was his age, I was still sharing a room yeah. in college. I didn't have a car. Yeah. And I walked in Florida. I don't know if you know it was a hilly. I had to walk up I did. to class and turn around and walk back uphill <laughs> back to my uh, dorm room. You didn't have a car in college? No. Not until that? after I graduated. How about that? Didn't have my own room until yeah. after I graduated. Yeah, no, I never. Out of state I, tuition I never, was expensive. I never lived by myself until I got out of college. Yeah. Nobody, I, I nobody guess lived my, by themselves in college. I made a mistake of going back home to Boston my first yeah. summer. So then I had to wait like another entire year to get in-state tuition. Uh, so I didn't get that until like my, my junior year. But, oh. yeah. Oh, there you go. What's going, what's going on? How are the Boston Bruins doing? I see Boston. They Bruins lost doing. last night four one. Are they like fifty eight um, and one or whatever they know? Yeah, they they, are? they don't have the record that they had a year ago, which uh, was just incredible. You know, winning the President's Trophy and then losing games, um, uh, games two, five, and seven at home. Okay, do you still hate all the Boston teams? Or? I haven't watched them all year. Okay, okay my, I'm never going to watch them again. Never, like, and, like and look never, at me, man. I no gray hair. Yeah. No, I mean everything. I, I have nothing to worry about anymore. What are you? What, how old are you? 53, 54? How old are you? Uh, so, yes, yeah, somewhere so, in that okay, neighborhood. So, I, can't, I can't give my age. Yeah, you're, you're early 50s. You're a healthy guy. You're probably going yeah. to the 90s. You got 40 years of not watching the Bruins. That's some guy, some guy yesterday said to me, "Boo, spend a little less attention picking on Dr. Herbie and worry about diabetes and heart attacks." <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I was like, Thank yeah, you, buddy. Appreciate Thank you. that. Thank man. you for that, buddy. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I, I don't know what it is because obviously this is what I do, but I've, um, I found myself, I've been asked 20 times. We had some people over today doing some work, uh, redoing our showers and our sinks and all that stuff. I was like, who are you rooting for? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who I'm rooting for between Kansas City and City. It's so refreshing. Yeah. To not, if, if you're a non-better and you really don't care, 
No pain. Just to be able to watch a game. And, you know, I've done that this past year. I removed myself from Red Sox baseball, from Bruins hockey. I still obviously read and I watch NHL on the fly absolutely every single morning. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. So I, I know what's going on, but I just don't invest the two, three hours into a game every night. I'm like totally to. invested in the Pirates. We're trying to get to 75 <laughs> wins. Right? Okay. Well, you guys had 70, a great start a year ago. 75 wins is what I'm trying to do. Okay, yeah. so That's all I want. So I, my yeah. knees are small. It's coming up tonight. Uh, we got a lot of good things tonight. A lot on college football. Uh, Herbie in the news again. This time it's uh, it's really bad, if true. And, and Georgia fans, you're going to drive off the road if you have not heard this story. So I'm going to begin with that, and then we're going to get into uh, another live report uh, from uh, uh, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, plus uh, a gentleman coming on who's very good with the NFL draft. He was at the Senior Bowl last week. And, you know, I, I know you guys have already looked at the mock drafts, man, but it seems like cornerback is dominated yep, yep. and wide receiver where, you know, obviously I'm all about the offensive line. So we'll get back into that tonight and uh, really looking forward I've to it. I've seen cornerback in all the mocks. There you go. Right, right? Rick Blue goes into the night. Thank you, Rick. Uh, that'll do it for our program tomorrow. Live from JU, JU Central Arkansas is the ballgame. We'll be at that Riverhouse from 3 to 6, and we love going out there to Arlington, so come on by and say hello if you're in the vicinity. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. Have a great night.